Welcome to The Scope with Dr. K, where together we can reimagine GI care. Welcome to The Scope with Dr. K. I'm Dr. Kaczynski. We're going to open the show today, as we always do, by stating that the goal of this series is to present you with a broad scope of value-based care issues, mainly involving the field of gastroenterology, but also outside of GI as well. In this podcast, we are refocusing on the patient space. Our guest today is a representative of the most well-known patient advocacy group for inflammatory bowel disease, the Crohn's Colitis Foundation. Laura Wingate is the Executive Vice President for Education, Support, and Advocacy. In this role, Laura oversees patient and professional education, state and federal advocacy, and she supports programming for the foundation. Welcome to the show, Laura. Dr. K, it's a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you. Laura, tell us about the history of CCF. So in 1967, Erwin and Suzanne Rosenthal and William and Shelby Modell worked with Dr. Henry Janowitz um, to establish the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. Um, We had many names over the course of our history, but we're the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation now. And and our mission has really remained unchanged since those early days, you know, to cure Crohn's disease and also colitis and equally important to improve the quality of life of millions affected by inflammatory bowel disease. Um, In the the five decades we've been around, we have become the hub of the IBD community and we work on critical research questions, um, providing education for both our patient community, caregiver communities, as well as the amazing healthcare professionals who serve the IBD community, as well as providing support, advocacy, and uh, other patient-centric programs that uh, advance care and also uh, improve access, which I know is so critical to your audience. Um, we recently re- released our new strategic plan, which I'd love to tell you more about if you're interested. We are. We want to hear all about this new strategic plan. Wonderful. Well, one of the, the core areas in, in advancing the science and improving quality of life is really the importance of focusing on remission. And uh, remission being the ultimate goal uh, for the patient community as well as the provider communities that you know serve uh, our Crohn's and ulcerative colitis patients. So we're laser focused in on reducing the time from disease diagnosis to improving the disease management for our patients so that they can get to remission faster. Um, We're doing this through a variety of research, but also quality improvement efforts. We continue to expand our IBD chorus quality of care program to more sites around the country, um, really focusing on implementing an evidence-based approach to clinical care, um, as well as using this network to support the healthcare professionals, but also educating the patients and the caregivers on the importance of discussing remission and managing towards uh, remission. And in the spirit of increasing remission rates, we're also funding and advocating for external funding to ensure that research is really working towards understanding the biological mechanism that are understanding remission and the the clinical drivers that are supporting patients getting into remission so that we can implement better management strategies and 
ensure that our patients, adult and pediatric, are receiving higher remission rate and thus having a better quality of life. Well, you know, the, the clinical improvement is always tied to the patient's quality of life. And, you know, you, you can't have one without the other. Um, you don't know how many times over the course of the 40 years I've been in, I was in practice that patients would come into the office and they say, where do I get information? Mm. And the first place I always sent people was to your website, to the CCF's website. And, you know, there are so many uh, sites out there where patients get pieces of information or right. they get anecdotal information. And CCF has always been that site uh, that you know that patients uh, can get education. Um, in addition to the patient though, as a provider, yeah. I always look forward to attending the educational programs offered by CCF. Thank you. And, yeah, I mean, they're some of the best. Tell us about how CCF is focusing on, on advancing these new therapies um, through innovative products and, and, and expand if you can on some of these educational opportunities. Absolutely. And I'm so appreciative that uh, one, you use the foundation and refer your patients, but also that you find value in our professional resources. And you mentioned advancing new therapies, and that's part of our strategic plan as well. And, and we're really focusing on ensuring that we're getting to those new therapies and innovative products that, you know, using novel technologies um, through the IBD uh, Ventures program and supporting that uh, research um, and giving the funds so that we can accelerate new treatments to the horizon, but also new diagnostics and other tools that will make the quality of life, as you mentioned, more manageable for the patients. And one thing we're, we've been funding and working on is the develop of a non-invasive wearable bracelet that's designed to tech, detect and monitor gut inflammation through sweat. Um, and this is potentially enabling a earlier detection of IBD flares. So that's one example of the IBD Innovate, uh, innovative products that we've been supporting and funding through our IBD Ventures program. Um, we've also been working to support the expanded use of light activated gel for the treatment of perianal fistulas. Um, as you know, this is an extremely hard to treat uh, complication of Crohn's disease. And this gel would seal the fistula and act as scaffolding on which new healthy cells can grow. And I, I know from speaking with IBD patients that the fistulizing disease is so impactful to their lives. And if we can get a gel that it, you know helps to uh, adhere the cells to, to the body and help generate new growth. That, that's such an exciting technology that could lead to so much uh, improved quality of life for a patient. So we're very excited about that. And then another area that we're focusing on, in on is developing a simple blood test to predict with a high degree of accuracy, and I think that's where this comes in, is so important and innovative, with a high degree of accuracy accuracy, whether a newly diagnosed adult patient is likely to develop severe disease or more likely to have a mild course of Crohn's disease or also colitis. So this uh, 
technology that where this blood test is building on work that we did in the pediatric Crohn's disease space and applying a similar approach to the adult space. Um, so we're very well, excited. Oh, go ahead. Well, let me, let me let's, yeah. let's just spend a little time on this last one because mm-hmm. I chaired um, two committees at the AGA. Uh, one was the committee that developed a, a pathway for Crohn's and another one for ulcerative colitis. And in both of those pathways, the first step is to risk, risk assess the patient mm-hmm. and apply the appropriate therapy to that patient based upon that risk assessment. You know, the old days of step therapy where every patient is forced to go through the same process that in most patients has to be abandoned and then something else tried on top of it, that doesn't lead to quick remission. Right. But a test, a test where we can accurately identify which patient needs the more I don't want to use the word invasive, but the the more significant therapy, Mm -hmm. because they're more likely to have the morbidity associated with their disease. That would be an extremely um, important uh, development. And there are some tests out there now, but most of the time we had to use a a constellation of tests. So if you did have that one test, that that would truly be uh, a great innovation for us. Um, Yeah. You know, you also mentioned this wearable bracelet. Yeah. So that, I think that goes on the arm. Yeah. It's very similar, you know, based on the technology, all of us are wearing these athletic wristbands and things like that. And, and the researcher took a similar concept and, um, you know, using a mesh technology is testing to see if you could wear a wearable, just like your activity watch and, but it would help monitor your disease. Well, what's great about that is passive. Mm-hmm. So all you have to do is put it on. Exactly. And then I would imagine it is wirelessly communicating, you know, and reporting its information. And so then the patient would get that feedback without having to blow into a container or God forbid, you know, save something that's coming out of them. Right. You know, so, you know, <laughs> but then to have a passive monitor yeah. that's just sitting there becomes part of their normal daily uh, uh, routine, and yet they can be monitored uh, non-invasively. That's, that's really pretty cool. These are early days in the, in the research, but we're seeing some exciting outcomes, and, and we want to see these, these technologies that make your job as a clinician and also the patient's experience of IBD easier. Well, what's really cool about this is the CCF is advocating for patients, taking in charitable funds, donated mm-hmm. funds from people, but actually channeling those funds to, the, to their main mission. And that is to try to cure IBD. Um, I, I can, you know, anybody who's never attended IBD Innovate, they're missing something because it's, it's, it's really cool because you see examples of these cutting edge companies um, and I've always, I've always thought it was, it was great that uh, CCF was, was promoting them. Um, you also mentioned Chorus. Mm, and, yes. and, and that's, that's a really major component of uh, Crohn's Colitis Foundation. Can you expand any more on that? 
Sure. Um, IBD Chorus is a network of adult, uh, both academic and community practice sites that are committed to using evidence-based measures um, to improve remission rates in the patient. But most significantly, it's also focused in on the patient's experience. So one of the unique things about Chorus um, is that uh, patients have a, a dashboard that they log into. And in, in addition to their clinical, you know, their blood work appearing in the dashboards and all of those things like that, they're able to put in the most important question that they want to discuss with their provider. So Dr. K, if I were your patient, I would put in the most meaningful question and we would start our visit in an IBD course site with that question so that the patient really, if their goal is to sit through a movie at a movie theater, assuming we're back uh, and no more COVID restrictions, you know, without having to get up and run to the restroom, then that is the conversation you and I would have um, and that would facilitate our dialogue. Of course, all the evidence, colonoscopy results, blood work, all of that's still there, but we're starting with the most valuable question to the patient and leading into that remissions discussion on something that matters to the patient and how we can get them to that goal of sitting through a movie and whatever that goal is to every individual patient. You know, I had a recent meeting with uh, Dr. Corey Siegel and we were discussing IBD chorus and I was impressed by the fact that they have, you have managed to bring together clinicians from across the country who meet on a regular basis, yes. data is shared and presented to this community of practitioners, and then educational pieces are then shared with this community of providers. Let me take my little break here. If you have just tuned in, you're listening to The Scope with Dr. K. Our guest today is Laura Wingate of the Crohn's Colitis Foundation. Laura, let's shift a little now. So sure. we, we talked a lot about CCF, uh, but let's, sh let's shift more to the challenges that the IBD patients face and, mm -hmm. and how CCF helps patients deal with these challenges. You know, I'm thinking, what are the specific challenges that IBD patients face in dealing with their illness and, and how does CCF help them cope with them? Well, there, there's a number of different ways that we try to support the IBD patient and their caregiver community. Um, and one of them's outlined in our strategic plan, and that's access to care. That's one of the biggest challenges our patients face, whether it's overcoming insurance barriers like step therapy, which you mentioned earlier, or finding a quality healthcare provider uh, near them. And uh, we're focused on ensuring patients have access to care. Uh, that meets their needs. And we're also really ensuring that we are looking at the diversity of IBD care and ensuring that um, diverse communities have access to the resources that they need, whether it's working to pass public policies at the state and federal level that expand access to medications and ensure that you as a provider, Dr. K, don't have to jump through ornish hoops to make sure that your patient has access to the medication you believe is most appropriate for them. Um, we also are continuing to educate both our patients and caregivers around uh, the needs uh, related to access, whether that's how to navigate their insurance, how to get financial assistance, 
assistance, um, where to find other resources um, that could support them and their family as they're going through a medical challenge. Um, we're here to help with that. Um, and uh, we're also looking to ensure that our IBD Help Center is here um, to support patients, caregivers, and healthcare providers. So um, we, if anybody has a patient in need or a family in need, we encourage you to reach out to the IBD Help Center. And the number there is 888-MY-GUT-PAIN, or you can visit our website and just go through the IBD Help Center tab or info at crohnscolitis.foundation.org. Well, I, I can tell you that on a Google search, you guys are on page one. You know, <laughs> I if, appreciate you know, that. If, if you, well, I didn't do it. Google did it. So, <laughs> you know, if, if, if you if you Google, uh, you know, Crohn's and colitis, you're, you, you're right on that first page. So it's an excellent site for patients and providers. And, you know, as a provider, even with as, as much experience as I had over the years, I probably still underestimate the barriers that patients go through in getting to care. We've noticed it in sonar, you know, we send out these sonar pings and we have bi-directional communication with patients. So many patients are contacting us for things other than, you know, what we're sending them. They're, they're saying, oh, I, I need an appointment. I need a prescription refill. I, you know, I, I have to talk to my doctor about something. Yeah. And it's, it's difficult. We're, we're in such a busy society today that the natural barriers are, are all around us. Absolutely. So this, is, this is great that that you're able to uh, provide some some help in all those regards. Yes. Now, the final thing I want to talk about with you today, I want to spend the rest of our time on a discussion about awareness, about IBD awareness. Um, when this podcast runs or right around the time it runs, it'll be Crohn's Colitis Awareness Week, which is the beginning of December, I believe. Correct. Um, and I know CCF is heavily involved with this. Uh, tell us about Crohn's Colitis Awareness Week. Tell us what we can all uh, do and um, what we should be looking for. Sure. Well, and as you know, there are 3 million Americans with Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. And Crohn's and Colitis Awareness Week happens every year. The first week of December, it's December 1st through 7th. Um, and it was really one of our advocacy initiatives. Um, back in 2011, the foundation worked with uh, the U.S. Senate to pass a resolution uh, for Crohn's and Colitis Awareness Week. Um, and it brings together the IBD community with the shared goal of raising awareness and to educate the public about inflammatory bowel disease. Um, and Many individuals have heard of Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis, but they're not familiar with the disease. And in fact, we just conducted a survey at the foundation to understand IBD awareness and what, what people were thinking about. And what we learned was that the awareness of Crohn's and colitis has increased in the last few years. But the actual familiarity of the symptoms and the impact of those symptoms on on the patient and their family is really very low. So the people have heard of Crohn's disease or also delitis, but they don't understand the depth uh, and the experience of the disease and how very debilitating 
Crohn's and UC can be on the patient and their caregivers, whether it's an adult caregiver or a pediatric caregiver, they really underestimate the impact of having Crohn's or UC and all the various symptoms, whether they be the bowel symptoms or the extra intestinal manifestations and how they impact the patient. So what we do every December 1st through 7th is we try to increase awareness and educate the general public about inflammatory bowel disease. And so what everybody can do is December 1st through 7th, post, use Twitter feeds, um, talk to, if you're a patient, uh, talk to your friends and family who you may not have uh, talked about Crohn's and UC with. As a healthcare provider, you know, get out there, repost, retweet. Um, the foundation will be putting out a ton of messages um, and encourage, you know, people who we're doing a campaign right now called uh, Spill Your Guts. So if you're experiencing GI symptoms and you haven't had them addressed, talk to your healthcare provider. Ask them if, you know, that, that Crohn's and UC should be considered, you know, have a candid conversation and, and reach out to the foundation if you need a referral. Um, all these things can help raise awareness, but increase that familiarity so people get the support they need and the resources they need to um, get access, but also have the, the emotional and uh, mental health support that's needed to navigate uh, these debilitating diseases. Well, they are debilitating. And the, one of the challenges that I think the primary care doctors face is they see a lot of patients with irritable bowel syndrome. Mm -hmm. And some of those symptoms are similar. Yeah. And there are some, some key symptoms that, that will trigger or should trigger a physician to consider something more significant than, uh, not that IBS isn't significant, but the morbidity right. associated with IBD, it, it far, far, you know, outstrips that. So they are, more awareness is important. Um, you don't just have a tummy ache, you, you could have a more serious condition. Laura, tell us, you know, we talk nationally, CCF. Yeah. But there's a lot of local, regional um, organizations for CCF. I know yeah. we had our, our local chapter here in, here in Illinois, and there were local runs and, and walks, and there's, there are a lot of events that, that go on on a local basis. So how do people find out about those things? Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, so we have 35 chapters around the country. And uh, as you, you said, we run walks and we run a camp for children with inflammatory bowel disease. We have runs, uh, we have galas and all anybody, whether they're a healthcare provider or a patient or a caregiver, come to our website. Um, and you can get connected to your local chapter. If you're calling us um, on the IBD Help Center, we'll also connect you to the local chapter, and then you can join in, um, whether it be coming out and meeting others uh, at a walk and get, meeting somebody maybe for the first time uh, with inflammatory bowel disease, or if you have a child with inflammatory bowel disease, Get involved with Camp Oasis is a great experience, and often we have children who meet another child for the first time uh, with IBD, and it helps not only uh, 
ensure their emotional stability and feel that they're not alone and there are others like them. But it also often we find kids who weren't taking their medications, leave camp, taking their medications, talking about their disease and being much more comfortable after they've uh, been with other kids just like them. So I definitely encourage everyone to get involved with their local chapter. Well, I wanted that Camp Oasis to pop into this podcast. Um, so this is over the summer, predominantly? Yeah. So, um, you know, there are some silver linings out of everything we've been through with uh, the coronavirus. And so it is a live camp, just like you would go to for soccer. But this one is for children with UC and Crohn's, uh, 7 to 17 uh, primarily around the country. Um, We do regular camp activities, but we also have great physicians like you, Dr. K, on site to answer questions, nurses, psychologists that support the the community. We even do cabin chats with the doc at night so kids can ask whatever they want of the pediatricians who are there. And um, this year, uh, last two years, we've done camp virtually. And so we'll Mm -hmm. we'll be continuing to have virtual activities for those uh, children who maybe are too sick to go to camp. In the future, we'll have the in-person and the virtual camp. So we're able to serve everybody with Camp Oasis that wants to be involved. And does the doctor have to prescribe it? No. So the um, physicians at camp, um, the kids come medically screened um, by their own pediatrician. They bring their medications and we uh, work with our medical team who are all IBD specialists, um, nurses and physicians and psychologists to give the medications that they need. We can even do uh, interval feedings if a child needs an interval feeding at night. Um, but the rest of the time when they're, you know, they're doing uh, swimming and high ropes and all the things, fishing, all the things that anybody else would do at summer camp, uh, they're just doing it with others who have inflammatory bowel disease. I think that that's so important because a young kid has to feel like I'm not strange. I, exactly. I just happen to have this thing. You know, I, I, I think one thing I've learned in the course of my time with Sonar is these aren't Crohn's and ulcerative colitis patients. These are human beings who just happen to have this illness and they're trying to wedge this condition into their, into their life. I so appreciate that comment. Yes. One more educational piece that I don't think gets enough advertisement is the patient uh, uh, conference. Oh, sure. That you've had in the spring, typically. Yeah. So that's well attended. We have a number of patient conferences around the country. Um, The one in Illinois definitely typically happens in the spring. Uh, But again, if you get involved with our local chapters, you'll learn about our live education events. Well, Laura, you've just reaffirmed my my opinion of CCF. It's always been the organization I've told patients to go to for education. Uh, I've enjoyed it for education. I love the advocacy work you're doing. And um, I love the fact that you are recycling that those funds into the research that is necessary to make some major changes in these diseases. Thank you for everything you're doing. And thank you for having me. And thank you for being such a strong supporter. Well, don't know any other way to be. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, that ends our show today. Thank you, Laura. And thanks to our audience for tuning in. You can learn more about CCF by going to www.cronescolitisfoundation.org. You can learn more about this show on the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com. 
and lend your voice to the conversation on Twitter at HC Now Radio. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at SonarMD. We're bringing patients, providers, and payers together to reimagine GI care. Until next time, I'm Dr. K. Stay well. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. K. Tune in with me next time to reimagine the scope of GI care. If we build it, they will join us.